You're listening to the Enterprising Expat. Stories of women who packed up their lives and moved abroad for love, a job, or a fresh start. What does it take to build a new life and business in a new country? What does it take to go from finding your feet to thriving? Find out how each woman did it. Be inspired, whether you're an expat or digital nomad, to bloom where you're planted. Hi, and welcome to The Enterprising Expat. If you are a first-time expat, a digital nomad, or a love pat, and you want to create a business that you can move from country to country, then this is the place for you. I'm Patricia, and I'm excited because this is my first solo show today. And today, I want to give you five tips that will help you get settled more quickly in your new country, in your new destination, new town, wherever it is that you're going to be settling. And also, if you've just been mulling over the idea of starting something for yourself, starting a small business, then I'm going to tell you what I did and what worked for me. Small disclaimer, I am not a coach. So take this advice with whatever, you know, whatever measure of salt you want. This is just the whole purpose of this podcast is that it's it's a conversation. It's a community. And I just want us to talk about what works for us and give each other tips. OK, so let me get straight into it. Number one, before you leave home, find out how you're going to get out and about in your new country. Google the hell out of your transport options in the place that you're going to. How difficult will it be? How easy will it be? So I'm going to make a sweeping generalization. I guess if you're going to a lot of Western Europe, this is not going to be much of a factor unless you're like in some little rural town. There will be some sort of transport network. I can't speak about a lot of other places in the world, but I can say that in the places that I have been in Africa, um, yes, there are transport links, but they work very differently. So find out what the transport is um, and find out, you know, how it works, where they go, what are the towns, all of those kind of things. You can find out this information on blogs. That's what I did. Just reading about people's experiences and YouTube channels. Um, it's it's. <laughs> it's an education. Why am I saying this? Well, in 2010, I packed my bags for the first time and we went to Sierra Leone. Um, and I just, <laughs> I made the assumption that, you know, the transport would be the same in Freetown as it is in Lesotho. So there would be these, these sort of little minibuses that go from place to place and you just, you know, wave your hand and they stop and Long story short, it was a stupid assumption. When I got to Sierra Leone, what they do is they use mopeds. You've got these little scooters that will get you where you're going, except that I didn't know, number one, where I was going. I didn't know cost. And if I just agreed to <laughs> the destination, you know, that they were going to, is it a place that I would want to visit to begin with? So tip number one, <laughs> Find out about the local transport. How will you get out and about? If you're thinking, well, I will just have my car, then that's great. But try the local option. You're in a new country. You're, you're in a new country. Experience it to the fullest if it is a safe option. Try the local option. Find out how you will get out and about. 
The second tip, what worked for me is I want to encourage you all to volunteer. Of course, if you are not going to some sort of employment, if you are a love pat or a trailing spouse or whatever term you want to use and you are not going into any sort of formal employment, volunteer. Again, look for opportunities before you leave. Just to give you some background, I found a charity in Freetown uh, that worked with the major hospital there. And it can be hard. It can be hard to to put yourself forward. Um, I actually hate it because I'm quite introverted. Practice makes perfect and introverted people still need, still, you know, it's not that you don't want friends. It's just that big groups overwhelm you. So volunteer and Find something that interests you, be it children, animals. That is all I've got at the moment because my mind has just gone blank. But even if you've taken a bit of a break and you have just been staying home and I'm going to be brusque and not really doing anything and you want to get back into it, I am going to encourage you even more to go out and volunteer, find a charity. Maybe you can even do something online. There are people who need skills you have. And just bear in mind, bear in mind that your skills never leave you. It's just your confidence in them can diminish if you haven't used them for a long time. So you'll be learning new things and you'll just get that sense of satisfaction that you're doing something useful. And the second reason I'm telling you to volunteer is because it will create your own social network. You will have your own friends and network outside of your relationship. Personal experience, there have been times when I have felt very isolated and my husband was like the only person in my universe. And after a year, that can get a bit much. You know, he was my friend. He was my entertainment. He was my support. He was my sounding board. You get the picture. Whichever way it's going, that can be a lot. You will get more out of your experience if you have different people in your environment. And as you are the new person, you are going to have to make the majority of the effort. And it's just a personal belief that I think we need separate friends and groups outside the friends that you make as a couple. But yeah. Let me know if you agree or disagree with that. Uh, Send me a voice note. Okay, so since I went off on a tangent, the first one was find out about transport. What are your transport options? And the second one is volunteer. The third one, bear with me, people. Try something new. Before you roll your eyes, (laughs) I can see you. I can feel you rolling your eyes. Um, This can actually get you out of a rut or even stop you getting into one. Sometimes a new country is the opportunity to reinvent yourself. You don't have that sort of weight of what will people think of me because they don't damn well know you. So you can try anything that you want to try. And if you enjoy it, even better. So look at this as a clean slate, a new opportunity. What is it that you want to try that you know, you you didn't have the guts to do back home. Well, now, what, what's what's stopping you? So try something new. You, you you go to a dance class, even if if you're the worst person there. Tick that box. If you liked it, go back. If you didn't, well, you tried it. 
again, since this is me talking about my personal experience, when I was in Beirut, there were spaces where I was made to feel uncomfortable. In fact, I was uncomfortable the majority of the time in the majority of the places that I went to. However, However, <laughs> I kept on trying new things and I did eventually find people that I liked and wanted to hang out with and could talk to. It was challenging. So what I did is I made a deal with myself that I would try something new every two months. When it was shit, I came home and I cried and I gave myself time to get over it. And then I looked for something new. But when it was good, it, it was it was amazing. One thing that I did do in Beirut, because I don't want to be down on a on a whole town, on a whole capital city, is um <laughs> I started going to yoga classes. And I'm just gonna shout out to Junaline. Her podcast is called The Joy Vulnerability Pizza. Go listen to it. Junaline is an amazing yoga teacher. I'm not sure if she's still doing classes, but I attended her beginner yoga classes in Beirut and I met some excellent women there. And there were like eight to 10 of us, I think, once a week, just trying things out and chatting afterwards. And it's just an opportunity to get the hell out of the house and interact with other people. These are not going to blow your mind. This is just encouragement and the small things you can do to move that little step forward to widen your circle a little bit or even start drawing your circle. So yeah, number one, find out about transport. Number two, volunteer. Number three, try something new. Okay, so tip number four is get your business started get started. This show is called The Enterprising Expat for a reason. It can be really frightening, scary, overwhelming, whatever word you choose, just slot it in there to even call it a business at the beginning because all you've got is an idea on a piece of paper. Call it a project, call it whatever you want to, but, but just do get started. What are you interested in? Do remember what I said about your skills. They do not leave you. Uh, just sometimes your confidence in them can diminish a little bit. How can you apply those skills in a different environment? And don't don't email me and say, well, you know what? I was an accountant, but I can't practice here. That's that's not what I'm talking about. That's um, that's another episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another episode. But try your skills in different ways. Um, if you like art, what are the ways that you could use that to create and start a business around that? Self-promo here, I'm just going to say, listen to the second episode with Carrie. She's got some amazing ideas. Okay. So just to relate it again back to my story so that you know a little bit more about me. When I left Lesotho, I had a job and it was a good job, but it wasn't really like I was on a career path. So it wasn't too hard for me to leave that job. And I realized that your situations might be different, but I was an office manager. I'd been an office manager. So I upsticked and I moved 
And then, you know, I had that period of the honeymoon phase when you're in a new country and then that changed and I felt like I was slowly losing my mind and the wheels fell off the volunteering opportunity. This wasn't about the charity. This was actually about me. (laughs) That's a story for another episode. So then I was, you know, just sitting at home and I, I saw this clip on the BBC And it was about how people were starting to make a living online, working from home. And I looked into it and I looked at all the options and I decided that I was going to be a virtual assistant because, again, those transferable skills. It took me. It took me a bloody long time to get my first client. I just want to put that out there. Um, I'm not embarrassed about it. I think we should talk about this stuff. It took me a long time to get my first client and it might take you a while too. But what you're doing and learning and creating in the process, don't undervalue it. It is all a part of what you are building. I also did work for free to build up my portfolio. Am I advising you? to work for free? No, I'm not. But at the time, I didn't know any better. And no one was was breaking down my door saying that I want you as my VA. I want you to work for me. So this was just something I decided at the time, at the place that I was in. There is, there's just a hell of a lot more information out there on what you can do and the different ways that You can create value for different people. So look into that. And, you know, working for free shouldn't be an option. But that's the mistake I made. And you know what? This is how I got started. And and I want to hear about your mistakes as well. What were the mistakes you made when you were starting? Please, please, please send me your your send me your messy startup stories. Yeah, I want to hear it. Send me a voice note. I'll give you an email address at the end. Okay, I I have a lot of calls to action. I'm going to put them in the show notes. So some resources you can look at when you're just starting out and looking for an idea or digging into your idea. Facebook groups are amazing. The more particular you can be about what you're looking for, then the quicker you will get to where you're going. So if you want, if you're interested in graphic design, Look for those, you know, digital nomad graphic designers. Be particular about what you're searching for. Then you can join all a lot of those business groups that are geared towards women or freelancers or small business owners or entrepreneurs and all of that kind of thing. But find your crowd. Find the people that you, you know, you you want to be like and whose work you really love and that you would potentially want to work with or collaborate with. Again, that is what I did. And you're going to you're going to be in and out of some of these groups. Some of them will stick and some of them will be like just this fast moving promotion fest with no engagement. Leave those as quickly as possible. Um, They're not worth your time in the beginning. But but find what works for you. So back to my story, because (laughs) once again, I'm meandered. So eventually I'm going to say. It was about a year after I started calling myself a virtual assistant and I was getting jobs where I was being paid close to no money at all. I found this amazing woman. I applied to be her virtual assistant and we started working together. So we got on really well. And she was she was trying to get 
traction for her blog. She was doing these amazing interviews with women that she really admired and that were doing great things. And she was interviewing them on her blog, but the blog wasn't getting a lot of traffic. It wasn't getting enough traction. So we both loved podcasts. And I said, well, why don't you interview these ladies and then create a podcast out of it? And she said, oh, that's that's a fantastic idea. Great, great. And then she said, I want you to find out everything about it and tell me how to do it because I don't really want to do anything else but record. Yeah, this was a turning point for me, but I didn't know it at the time. So that's when I started to learn about everything that goes into making a podcast. And then I was getting over time a few more virtual assistant, you know, a few more clients for my virtual assistant business, but it wasn't really taking off. And I was doing more and more research about, you know, how to record about the equipment I should be using, how to edit, what that funny button means. So I decided to pivot and become a podcast virtual assistant, which I thought was fantastic. I thought it was the greatest idea because everybody knew about Serial by then and what podcasting was. And it was this was when it was beginning to, to get big. You know, people were talking about it and they were listening to things and recommending things. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a podcast virtual assistant because everybody complains about the time it takes to edit. Not one taker, not one, not a sausage, nothing. Yeah. That also might be part of your business story. <laughs> I'm not wishing this on you, but it does happen. Sometimes your ideas will stick. Sometimes they won't. Keep on going. I was telling people that this is what I do. And then they, you know, they express interest or they would ask me to send a proposal. And then, and then not a sausage, not, not a reply, nothing. So it was back to the drawing board. Um, a few more audio courses. And then over time, I felt confident enough to say that I'm, I'm a podcast editor. I edit podcasts for a living. That is what I do now. Editing is the thing that most people hate about creating a podcast. And, and I love it. I enjoy it. So I founded my company, Podcast Maven. And that's what I do today. I, I edit podcasts. This story took me a few minutes to tell you about, but this was over the period of about two to three years. And again, I was in a country where I didn't really have a strong community and I was finding out things myself. It happens, you know, it might be slow growth, but it is still growth. So keep plugging at it and keep getting into those communities where you can ask questions, get ideas, but just get started. Just get started. That is tip number four get started on your business. The last one, tip number five is network. This can be a minefield in a new country. What I did is I looked at Facebook events, even if they were only like slightly related to what I was now doing. So it was, you know, about the podcasting. If somebody was screening a film or something like that, I would go along and, you know, you there's this a talk before or afterwards where you get to talk to the filmmaker and, you know, you, you just talk about the film community and, you know, what's it like in the place that you're in? You know, how do you connect with other creatives? Where are they hanging out? Is there a community? All of that kind of things. So was it related to podcasting? 
No. Was I going to get any clients there? Probably not. But I needed to be part of a community so that I could learn more and grow and I could get the support of people who are also working in that environment. What else did I do? Another place that I looked at online was Eventbrite. That's also a great source of information. And I realized that some of these platforms might not be as popular where you are. If you have a local version, please, please tell me about it. If there's a coffee shop where in your neighborhood where you always see people beavering away on their computers, you know, take an hour, go there as much as you can. And eventually, you know, just the nod of the head turns into a conversation. It does take time. It does take time, but if that's all you can do, just keep at it. Another way that I tried to create um, connections was intonations. So I joined social groups with intonations. Some places it works better than others. And if there isn't a group for your city or town, start one. Start one. Just, just start one. See what happens. See what happens. People are often waiting for somebody to organize and then they will turn out and support. They just don't want to do the organizing. Um, and if you're not an organizer, that's okay. I'm just going to ask you, what else are you doing in the nicest possible way said with love? And then the last one is meetups. Also another digital platform and you will find groups that are very specific. Just throw your idea out there and see what sticks if you don't find what you are looking for. And that's it. That, that's it. It's pretty simple. Those are the five things I have learned to do each time I, I move to a new country. I'm going to say this should be number six, I suppose, which is important. And that's give yourself time. Give yourself time to find your feet, to settle, to just get used to the air and noise and environment and people and rules and all of those kind of things, because it can just blast you if you're not going into into a structured environment. So give yourself time. These are the steps that I followed. I want to hear what, what you did. I would love it if you would email me and tell me what five steps that you follow when you are in a new country. So because I talk a lot, I will just recap quickly. Number one is transport. Find out how you will get out and about in your new country. Number two, volunteer. The skills you will pick up will be amazing. The people you will meet will be on the same page as you. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, and I think it pads out your CV. Number three, try something new um, because why not? Number four, start your business. That idea you have, whatever you want to call it, just, just get it started. There are so many options. Um, and then number five is network. Start networking. However that works in the place that you're in, start networking. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I always want to hear from you. You can email me your thoughts, your questions, or your feedback at expatwomen, that's E-X-P-A-T-W-O-M-E-N, at theenterprisingexpat, all one word, dot com. So expatwomen at theenterprisingexpat.com. I also need your help sharing the show. So if you're ready to commit, please subscribe. 
If you're not ready for full commitment, you can follow me on Instagram as The Enterprising Expat. Have a fabulous weekend and thank you for listening. Cheers. Bye.